Three, two, one. Boom. All right. Hey, welcome everybody back to another podcast episode here in the No Idea channel. We are super excited today. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the No Idea channel, we'd love for you to do that. So hit that subscribe button. And if you laugh, if you learn something new today, uh, if you find this entertaining, it'd be awesome if you would just like it. Give it a thumbs up as well. Um, but this is episode two. Adam, of the podcast, and um, you can also find this podcast, just the audio version, anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, you can go there and make sure you subscribe to our podcast as well on those uh, on those platforms as well. That's It helps us. It helps us, but we're so glad you are tuning in. Here we go. Um, if you're not watching the video and if you're listening, uh, joining me is obviously my brother. He makes up the the second half of the No Idea crew. I make up the brains. The brains. Yes, that. you. And, and to, to, you're, the <laughs> well, you're the logistics. Both. I don't know. And today is really special because we do have our first guest. Yes. Of the podcast, and one. your guest number one on the podcast. This is Mike Hepner of the Eau Claire Goose Posse. Correct. Eau Claire yeah. Goose Posse. Eau Claire Goose Posse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hold on. Where did it, where did Eau Claire Goose Posse come from? Okay. Uh, I invented that when we were chasing geese and uh, when you look at the old westerns the people that chase down the bad guys were a posse you got a posse together <laughs> yeah to yep. on the bad guys yep. so we were chasing down the geese that everybody wants to get rid of so we're the eau claire goose posse and and even on your card you have business cards I and on the business card it says something like working with farmers since whatever date or how many years yeah and that's Truly a thing. I mean, farmers want the geese gone, right? So you, you're, you're working with them. I know it was a little play on things. but There was a, there was a lot of play. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, let's quick, quick review goose season, how to go. Uh, we ended up uh, with about 75 geese total. Damn! It's, uh, it's a well, down year for you, though. I mean... It's, it's down almost half from our top. Oh, my end. goodness. So, but we hung it up early, and uh, I had work issues that came up. We had... To the extent of helping out the farmers, I had three or four farmers calling me saying, "Hey, I've got 500 geese. Oh, you boy. guys want to come over?" And I'm like, "Yeah, this is the week I'm working." So, so half the geese you attributed that to hanging it up early or something else? Uh, mostly, it was hanging it up early because we had opportunities late that I we just couldn't get out. Yeah. Through. So I, gotcha. we, you you went with me scouting. Yep. We have yeah. to have that day of scouting. Um, and I had guys calling me on a Friday saying, hey, the geese are here. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not. <laughs> it, so, so if you want to see that episode, right here. Um, click, here. Yep, click right, right there. there. We, we have an episode where we went out with Mike and the, and the goose posse. And, you know, it was a successful day because it was fun. And I you know we only got a couple, but it, it was. Yeah, oh, my God. The goose pastrami. Here's the funny thing. It, well, it's not funny. When I, by my memory of that day. Was so we're sitting in the layout blinds, right? And I'm, I'm shitting bricks because I don't know what the hell is gonna happen. And I look over at you, and you're just sitting like a little kid in his pop-up blind, sipping your coffee, like you were a kid <laughs> in a candy shop. You were in heaven doing what you love to do. And I just, I have that visual. I have that visual of you just sitting there, drinking your coffee, bullshitting with everybody else. It was awesome. That's the best part about goose hunting, right there. Is going out. With people you like to hang out with, um, you know, you met the crew. They're great. Coming out with you guys was great. And then sitting there yeah. and watching the sun come up literally right in our faces that day. That was, yeah. Uh, it was gorgeous. Sipping some coffee. That was amazing. So, okay, I got to ask, though. So, Aaron mentioned this once. I've I've known you for, I don't know, what, 10 years or so? Maybe, I, oh, so somewhere around there. Did, you ever watch Pawn Stars? Do you know the name you Rick? Celebrity. You know? <laughs> who do who do people say you look alike? Do you get people that come up and say, "Oh my God"? So three years ago, <laughs> I won a Halloween contest because I put on a gold and silver pawn oh, polo my. shirt, walked into the bar, and the guy that was the judge of the Halloween costume party looked at me and went, "Rick, <laughs> boom." <laughs> Yeah, I won a $25 gift certificate. That is amazing. So that is amazing. For, the, for those who are not watching the podcast video and you're listening to this on your car radio or wherever, <laughs> if you're at work, uh, Mike looks like he's 
do, what do they call it? The Doppler, doppelganger. Doppelganger. Rick Harrison from the Pawn Stars. I mean, this is that's you, man. I just have to say, maybe fifty pounds less. Thank you. But yeah, a little lighter than Rick. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I, Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, true story. We went out to Las Vegas, and I'll I'll get off this quick. But we, uh, <laughs> we're flying out to Las Vegas. Oh my God! And sitting on an airplane, and a guy walked by and stopped and leaned back and looked at me. And I looked up at him, like, I'm not him. And he goes, dude, we're, we're going to Vegas. I'm like, I'm still not him. <laughs> Took that... my picture in the airport after I told him again that I wasn't him. And then we went to the, the store that the next day. And I got my picture taken twice by people that I told I wasn't him. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. You're a little white in the goat, though. I think if, you, if that was a little, I mean, Rick's a little darker in the I'm goat. Trying to, I'm trying to not look like him at this point. You know what's crazy? We, we we visited that the pawn uh, shop, you know the infamous pawn shop. It's very underwhelming. It is versus it's what you watch on TV. Much bigger than that. No, no. I was like, this this is all it is. It's kind of crazy. All right, episode. What we like to do is we we like to shoot the shit and we like to um, basically talk about no idea chat, random no idea chat that we you the viewer or the listener think you need to hear. We just think you need to hear it. So it's kind of condescending of us, but hey. We want to talk about this. Adam, what the hell is going on with the maple syrup season? We, we, our first podcast, our very first podcast that we launched. I know that's last year, though. Dang. That might be two years ago. Or two years ago. Who knows? But our very... I'm just the product guy. <laughs> our very first podcast, we were getting the buckets out, washing the buckets, getting the taps out, getting the lines out, getting everything ready. We were excited you were going to pick up our brand new... Um, uh, evaporator. Uh, we were super stoked. We tapped trees in, I think it was minus three degrees. It was that weekend where we had the, it was the last like windshield advisory of minus 30 overnight. So we tapped trees. But then that, by that Wednesday, remember that Wednesday it hit 60. So we were all freaking out. We were like, this is going to be awesome. Let's go. What the hell? We've only had two boils since then. You know. are the I... maple syrup guru. Here's, here's my thing. Um, we've had so many people, people I haven't talked to in like two years will text me and be like, is your sap running? Uh, nope. Ours neither. And, and again, we, so we did the episode, everybody check it out. Click here. You've, yep. we've done the episode with river rich maples. Yes. Okay. And the vacuum guys, they're still, they're, they're pulling sap. We, we've kind of had two issues right now. Right now it's too cold. We don't get above freezing during the day, but a few days ago we wouldn't get below freezing at night. Um, it, that doesn't bode well for, you know, gravity people like us. So we tap a tree, put a hose on the tap, and let it drip into the bucket. If it's not cold enough at night, there's many variables that it needs to drip into the bucket. The tree needs to give us the sap. It just hasn't been doing very well. Yeah. Plus, uh, the ground, I, we're pretty confident the frost just came out just a few days ago. So I think we're just it's, at the beginning yeah. of the – we're just at the beginning. Um, city so, trees – City trees have been doing well. So I learned something really cool. I'm going to wow you right now. Oh, my gosh. Both of you guys. I heard that, yes, during the day you want it to get above freezing, upper 30s, lower 40s, and then at night you want it to freeze because when it freezes, it freezes the ends of the branches so that when it unthaws, that's what creates the vacuum. Unthaws would be or freezing. Thaws. Or when it thaws. Thaws. Did I say unthaw? You said unthawed. My mom always said that. Unthaw. Yeah. It freezes that's very again. Mid, that's what very the Midwestern. Very <laughs> unthaws. <laughs> but when it <laughs> when it thaws, that's what creates the vacuum. Mm, to pull the sap up. To the pull tree. the sap up. No. Okay. So what's your source? Because how did you did not. <laughs> Okay. I googled it. it <laughs> I googled it, and <laughs> it's on the internet. It's on. It's on the internet, the World Wide Web's. And uh, uh, this week, though, it does look pretty good. It, it looks, looks promising this once, week. Once once we start hitting upper we'll 30s see, though, and 40s. We'll see though. But a wise man uh, just told me this week. Actually, he was really frustrated about things, and he said, "You'll know when the sap is running, when there's sap in the buckets." So there you Whoa. go. That's yeah. deep. I just schooled you. Oh, that's deep. All right, moving on. I, that that's that's about as much. That. We've just we've tried to predict it so much over the past two weeks, and we can't predict it. Okay, so, I, no. another thing I was, wanted to ask you: Did you ever think about trying maple sugar candy? I've tried the butter. It's really difficult because you it's it, it's so precise with the temperature, and it, you got to fluctuate it really quick. 
it looks amazing. I tried the butter. We put it on bagels. It was incredible, but it's a lot the can, of work. The candy, they said, you really have to start stirring because it's going to thicken up really fast. And you're boiling it at like 300 yeah. or something. And well, you, you obviously boil it past. So the butter, what the butter was, which is just about candy, but then you shut it down earlier. You don't get it up to that temperature. It was boil, boil, boil. And then once it get to a certain point, then you have to cool it down to a certain point. Then you just put it in a KitchenAid mixer, stand mixer, and it goes for like 45 minutes. And you're watching it, and it looks like maple syrup. Then all of a sudden, boom. Within two minutes, it turns into this a um, little bit lighter than peanut butter. you know, And, and it's spreadable. It's yeah, delicious. It's but if you, if you go a little bit further, it'll turn into that hard candy you can pour into molds and things like well, that. And I heard people that, that do maple, they get it to maple sugar, and they never go back to the like regular sugar. They think it's awesome. There was a, a lady that we used to work with at the phone company that made the maple sugar. And it, it reminds you of brown sugar in appearance. Yep. And, but the flavor just explodes. It's nice. So good. The problem with doing all that stuff is the price you can get for maple syrup as maple syrup. It's not that we don't, and we don't sell it. It's just we go through it. I think my kids would like the volume of the syrup itself versus yeah. a brown sugar in there. Cupcakes. All right. One, one thing we like to do is we like to pull one or two articles <laughs> of people who have no idea what the hell they're doing. Outdoor dumbasses. Outdoor dumbasses. <laughs> and these are fun. And the first one, the first one is the best because it was a dumbass Viking, a mm. Minnesota Viking fan. So get are this. A, are you a Vikings fan? Oh, sorry if you are. I don't know anybody that's okay okay, okay oh, good yeah, good yeah, good right. we just got to go. and we apologize been told not to associate with negative people and just <laughs> for all you listeners and viewers um we do understand that this one guy does not represent all minnesota viking fa uh fans so um but this <laughs> uh a minnesota walleye poacher was busted with 10 times 10 times the legal limit the warden says that he kept them to serve during Viking games, Viking football games. Oh my God! Well, did, does it say does it say how he prepared them? Were they deep fried? Were they baked? Uh, because because I mean, there was no action. That's, that's he had. This is true. This is true. Yeah, this guy had fifty nine walleyes. He was caught with fifty nine walleyes in his freezer. Uh, and the game warden says it was pure gluttony. <laughs> um, but this isn't this isn't this guy's first run-in. Uh, he's had some other run-ins. 2018, but, right? He had, yeah, he's got a ticket yep. in 2018. They said I like think that. he's addicted to catching and keeping fish. He was keeping them for when people came over to watch the Vikings game on TV. So I mean, you could go many places with this when it comes to Vikings and the fans and if he the. Had you would think so. You'd think so. But he was also convicted of illegally netting of whitefish and possessing illegal containers of boundary water canoe area wilderness uh, containers. That's interesting. He was convicted for fishing with an what extra line. What, what would that be? Would I don't know. Like illegally netting of whitefish. <laughs> and once for possessing illegal containers in the Boundary Water Canoe Area Wilderness. Oh, I wonder if he took glass, if, glass and, and stuff. Like so, I mean, these are like... Something up there. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but it's... Uh, yeah, he pleaded guilty. Restitution value of wild animals is over $1,000. That's $30 a piece. So, 53 of them would be valued at $1,590. Damn! All for, the, all for the walleye. All for a Vikings game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of other things I can come up with to eat during a football game. Uh, walleye. F for me, first of all, I can't catch walleye. They're just probably because we have too many dipshits like this out there. Well, that. But <laughs> but for me, if I'm eating walleye, I'm not sharing it. No, that's <laughs> I'm, true. Actually, it's I'm very eating true. the I'm eating the stuff wrong. with my with my. I know. Well. Yeah. All right, and here's the best one. I yep, had to, here we go. Next one. I had to pull this one just because of my profession and what I do. Uh, one of the one of 2021's biggest bucks was poached in a church parking lot. And here's here's the 
the two wardens doing the grip and grin right here with the buck. That is a huge. It's one hell of a grin. Huge <laughs> ad, yeah. And I, I heard wardens do this, the grip and grin, because everybody asks, why do wardens do the grip and grin where they throw the bear up on the tailgate and all that stuff? And come to find out, the wardens, they say, they claim that they do that just for evidence to show, like, you can say, man, there is 400 pounds of meat that they confiscated or the bear was this big, but when you actually see them holding it, and they said when, you, when it is taken to court as evidence, then people get to realize, whoa, that's a, that's a big one. So 20, uh, in 2021, 42,000 whitetail bucks were harvested by hunters in West Virginia. Unfortunately, one buck, which likely would have scored in the top 1% of the deer harvested nationwide last year, became a focal point. <laughs> oh, uh, he shot the deer with a rifle in he says he shot the deer with a white rifle in the neighboring Lincoln County and had left the gut pile there. But after Miller and, and Stumbo drove to the field and searched in the dark for a half hour, they admit uh, they couldn't find the gut pile where he said he shot it. Um, and so, yep, uh, yep. So they looked around, uh, looked around location. The deer was shot actually in a church parking lot. He actually used the church for some type of cover. <laughs> To get closer to the deer, he stood behind the building and shot the deer out of the parking lot, and the deer ran. He shot again, actually towards some houses, and the deer died in the creek. <laughs> a, lot of material. a lot to unpack. This is, uh, I mean, what, what's the saying? Um, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. This goes a little too far, right? Like, you, I mean, church... Grace filled, ask for forgiveness, but yeah, there's a lot. shoot. Oh, now, man. I have parked in a church parking lot with our goose trailer <laughs> and carried decoys into a field and limited out. Mm -hmm. But we didn't shoot from the parking lot. Or, yeah. And nothing landed in the church parking lot. We were, you know, but we parked there. I thought that was unique, but this is. This has got us beat. This, that's. He was, uh, he, he was found, the judge found him guilty on six charges, and he was fined uh, $9,842, in which many said that's not enough. But you know what? They, they think it should have been higher. But, man, had he poached a less impressive what deer state? in there? What state was this? This is in uh, West Virginia. Uh, let, I'm, I'm looking. Yep. In West Virginia. West Virginia. Am I the only one that thinks they should have donated venison to a church? Yeah, that would have been. Yeah, they could have had that like church a church should have had like a. They could have had a venison fest, like yeah. a fundraiser, yeah. like a venison feed, Absolutely. from that. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they, <laughs> forgive me, Father, for <laughs> I have sinned. But I'm hoping they, they the church gets the shoulder mount. And no. it goes right up there next right, to like, right like Mary the, or Jesus. Right underneath the crucifix. Like you right have underneath it. Jesus cross and the, the poor deer that was shot in your parking lot. I, I'm going <laughs> to look to you as I say this because I'm asking forgiveness as I say this. But do you think they're going to throw the book at him? Oh, well played. On that note. On okay. that note, here we are. We have... Mike Hepner. Mike Hepner. <laughs> Mike Hepner. Mike Hepner. Thanks again for joining us. We've already talked about the goose. What did you bring us? Uh, those are goose sticks. Yep. That. Uh, where, where, where are they from? J-N-E Meats in Halley. J-N-E. Just north of the tank farm. Yep. They're relatively new. They're new. Uh, they are fantastic. And Jenny. No. I've taken these to people who make venison sticks and they took a couple of bites and looked at me and called me a liar and said that there's no way that's goose it's goose, that's goose. i mean i know it's goose but it i know but i goose. but i know what they're saying like right it's such a good and there's there's cheddar in there right yep i can always i can always do without cheddar i made the mistake a few years ago that i just don't like the cheddar i love cheese just don't like cheddar these are incredible I just don't like cheddar. You can get them without. That would be incredible. I don't know if it's as good as the pastrami. Is this is this their original? This is their original. So there's no other. I mean, it's got just that enough tang right here with mm -hmm. the original. But um, I think that you know, mm -hmm. 
I that's enough, you know, for my family. Oh, they I don't know. they don't want yeah. to, you know, have to yeah. drink, take a and drink then, every time you take a bite. And, I've said this about a lot of stuff. You know, Jacobson's. We we have a great relationship with um, Joel and them up at Jacobson's. They're incredible people. Have an incredible business. Um, they make incredible snack sticks. You know, them included. Sometimes I think snacks just get just way out of hand. From teriyaki to whatever to pineapple, it just this is simple. Sometimes like, they go to yeah. It just is really you good. You want to taste the meat? Yeah, you know? yeah. This is really because, good. because because I think <laughs> goose get a bad rap. Oh, absolutely. Goose and turkey. Oh yeah, absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. They get a bad rap, and people are like, "Oh, how do you eat that stuff?" And I was, I'll be honest with you, I was the same way until. We tried the goose pastrami that you made, um, and then these the sticks. Poppers. Well, and the poppers. The, the, the turkey poppers. Turkey poppers that we made. We'll talk about those in a minute. But those so, are- you, so goose season's done. You ice fish over the winter. What did you do to get you to this point? Because now we're going to transition into goose season, but what got you to this point in time of the year? Yeah, what do you do for fun in the I winter? Usually <laughs> curl up in a ball and wait for winter to go away. <laughs> yep. Uh, but I have a friend, uh, Doug, that said to me he goes we're going out ice fishing and i was like why (laughs) and he took me out and we caught a bunch of perch and i was like cool i went back to my wife and i said hey i really had a good time i might need to get a vexilar and she goes you need to go five more times before you start yes i went five more times um had an old auger that I took in to get fixed, and now that runs. And nice. went and then you and, then you texted me asking about a sled. Yeah, I'm like, hey, I need a sled anybody, for hauling anybody, stuff out yeah. on the ice because in a week I'm not going to be able to drive out here anymore. Ah, nope. oh, we have Dan's sled we can give him. Dan left it at my house here. Well, so. your kids use it as a sled down the, down yep. the road. Yeah. It's, it's always up at the neighbor's yeah, house. Yeah, I know. Thanks, Dan. Well, um, you want to know something funny? I, I got to bring this up one more time about geese. So I, I signed my uh, son up for trap shooting at the Eau Claire Rod and Gun. Great, coolest thing. And we were out there tonight, and he was shooting trap. And I shit you not, three geese come flying over. <laughs> no, more, no more than, I don't know, 100 feet up or so, maybe a little less. Right over my son and all five guys shooting trap. I'm like, I'm sitting there like, you got it. Start to shake well, yeah, I'm like, please, Aiden, don't shoot him, don't shoot him, don't shoot him, don't shoot him. We want to do this. We don't want to get kicked out. <laughs> but is that? But that's why they call it hunting. Like we we were almost on the X, but no, we, we weren't. We, were, we, we so. saw the X. Yep. So, anyways. <clears throat> so yeah. So we bring you here today because you know it is, it turkey. is it's turkey season. It's it's that time of year where I've never turkey hunted. Aaron went once with Aiden. And it's not a very authentic. Well, no, it was authentic. It was a real situation. But you went out twenty. We got a turkey. We got we a turkey. Twenty what? minutes. <clears throat> you shot a turkey. We're like, oh, okay, we're done. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's not really my son. <laughs> so now you, you have, if you haven't taken a nap under a tree, you're not really a turkey. <laughs> so uh, the topic of conversation right now, because I know a lot of guys are looking for shotguns. Shotguns. You know, um, either you're like us, where you just get that itch and you just kind of want to check out the latest and greatest and weapons and things like that, or um, you're new into turkey hunting and you want to find out what's, what's great. So when it, when it comes to turkey hunting, you know, Aaron, I know you had some stuff about calls, maybe some questions about decoys, things like that. What do you got? Yeah. What, what do you, pre- wait, me? Yeah, you. Well, I'm just enjoying this goose stick right now. I'm, oh, I'm a, what kind of caller are you? Are you, you, well, you guys saw me goose hunting. Mm-hmm. I, love hunting things that I can call Mm -hmm. and I don't care if it's ducks, geese, turkeys, whatever. So when I started, you know, turkey hunting, I went out and I got, you know, a slate call and I got a box call and I got, you know, and I mouth call. Yeah. I almost, you know, choked to death on a mouth call until I learned what I was doing with that. And, um, like I was telling you, thank Ron Parks for helping improve my, you know, mouth calling game. But now I've got a refrigerator full of, you know, these guys, and I've got. Wait, why do you keep them in the refrigerator? <laughs> are, they, are they like? They're live? not in the. They're like, not. They're not, they not in the fridge. They're not in the fridge in the section. At Shields, they're not. After this is soaked in my mouth for hours, I I drown it in in Listerine. And then I put it in the refrigerator, and it 
you know, it keeps it. I suppose clean. Yeah. Plus, once you soak it in mouthwash, the next spring you pop it in your mouth and it even tastes good. You know what I want to do? I want to. I want to create one that's uh, <clears throat> infused with Fireball. Ooh. You can do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then, you're I'm going to guess that, that <laughs> the alcohol might do damage to the, you know, the reed there. But well. So you prefer mouth calls? Depends <laughs> on the situation. Okay. So the first turkey I ever shot, my brother and I were out in a rain, sleet, snowstorm, and we sat it out for a good half hour, 45 minutes, and we were walking back to the truck absolutely miserable. And my brother looked at me and said, how do you call turkeys? And I handed him a box call. Mm -hmm. And we were halfway back to the truck, and he took it out, and he went, yelp, yelp, yelp. And we got triple gobbled. <laughs> and we just kind of looked at each other, and I grabbed the call away from him. I'm like, that couldn't have just happened. And I did it again, and we got triple gobbled again, and we spotted the birds. So we ran and set up. And long story short, those three were up here on a hill and another one dropped in and I shot that one. But for long range, hey, there's nothing moving. I need to find something. A box call is fabulous. Yeah. Um, for, hey, I don't know where the, there's a turkey coming in or when I'm just setting up early in the morning and I think I'm in a good spot, I'm going to use a, a mouth call and I'm going to be as quiet as I can. Do you... Um... So when we went uh, goose hunting, we scouted. Do you, the evening, do you scout to see where they're roosting? So that kind of, so you can determine the spot the next morning? I never have. I know people that will put them to bed and listen to them cackle and fly up at night. I've never done that. I've had the advantage of hunting <clears throat> private property where, you know, I, I know the property a little bit or I, the owner of the property knows the property a little bit and says, here's where they normally roost. And I've had one hunt where I was in the woods from the time I shut the door on the truck till the time I got back to the truck was 51 minutes. Yeah. You know, and, but that's kind of rare. I mean, you kind of try to set up where they're roosting and hope that they actually come to you and don't fly the other way with hens. Um, do they pattern like, I shouldn't say pattern, but do they move as much as geese do? You know, like geese that, Again, you guys scout one day, the next day they're a quarter mile away and won't come there. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, it's totally possible because if a hen walks off, that tom is going to go with that hen. And if she walks to the neighbor's property, <clears throat> there's a good chance that if they're picking through an alfalfa field there, especially early in the spring when they're picking bugs and stuff like that, that they're going to hang out closer to there than in the oaks or wherever I set up the day before. Yeah. Aaron, backing up, back to the calls. Did you ever take an art class on Bruce with Mr. Wesson? Yep. Kevin Wesson? Plenty. Okay. I took four years with him and two years of photography. He taught us not only to tie flies, but to call turkeys with a mouth call. That's where I learned. No way. Yes. How to call a turkey. Now, How to I've, call never, a turkey. I've never been turkey hunting. Whoa. Sorry. Sorry. We're just putting that up there. <laughs> But you've never called a turkey. I'm, I've never turkey hunted, but Mr. Weslin, he taught us how to tie flies and how to turkey call. It was an art. Damn. And my, my daughter actually made a slate call like this, I think, at North. Really? Yeah. Cool. Okay. Do you, um, decoys? No decoys. I'm not a decoy person. I'll take them with, and if nothing else is working, or if something's hanging up, you know, and... and like the night before we hunted and they hung up, the next day we'll take decoys with and see if that'll help. Gotcha. So from a cost standpoint, I mean, goose hunting is expensive to get into because yeah. you need decoys, and decoys are not cheap. As a shit, and you don't need, like, <clears throat> like we had two decoys last year when we went. Oh, but turkey decoys. Turkey hunting. Yep. But when you goose, I mean, you can't use two no. Goose decoy. I mean, you need no. a shit ton of decoys. No. So, but where I can buy, you know, a dozen goose decoys for whatever price, you can get into the Dave Smith turkey decoys that look more like a turkey than a real turkey, <laughs> and you can spend a hundred dollars on <laughs> one gold. and you end up shooting your own. I decoy. swore, <laughs> I, damn it! I swore that was a turkey. <laughs> That's a beautiful yes. mount you got there. That's a beautiful <laughs> beard. Yeah, it was, it was my decoy. <laughs> 
really iridescent. So, okay, so we started this conversation. Um, I've asked a few people. I mean, I want to get your take. Excited to get your take because I've asked about three or four people just kind of on a whim. I, again, I have no idea. I've never been. I've, I'm an upland guy. I had two pointers, uh, Marvin and Dino, Weimaraners, pheasants for the past 15 years. Never done anything like this. I'm an over and under guy. So start talking us through the shotguns, uh, things like that. Like, I, I think, well, I think what we need to do is separate the hunter. Yeah. Like, yep. like, let's do this. Let's do the what if. What if you're like me? So I'll turkey hunt. I'll dabble in it, but I doubt I'm going to be that, you know, turkey season, can't sleep until it gets here, you know, kind of thing. So I'm going to want, I don't necessarily want a shotgun specific for turkey because I want to use it for other. So let's start there first. If you're a hunter who's just going to be like, hey, I love grouse, love partridge, uh, or same thing, uh, duck, <laughs> Uh, grouse. That's the Larry Sturgis. Yeah, grouse. grouse. The Larry Sturgis partridge. partridge. No, duck, partridge. Duck. Waterfowl. Wait, same thing. Um, goose and turkey. I just so you, you know you want the one stop shop. Yeah, shotgun. if you're doing one gun, one shotgun. That's a, that's what I do. Okay. Okay. I, I obviously. I'm three for three with the people I asked. I want to know what yours is. I use a Winchester Super X3. Ooh. Semi-automatic. With a 28-inch barrel, I think, 29-inch yeah. Semi-auto. Does, it, does 20. it take three and a half or threes? I do not shoot three and a half. Because you don't want your shoulder blown off? You don't want shoulder surgery? Right. <laughs> so my thing about turkey hunting, and you can, you can talk to different people and they'll tell you different things. My thing is, and I'm the same way with goose hunting, I don't want to see how far out... I can shoot something. I want to see how close in I can shoot something. Yeah. So I'm not looking to shoot something that's at, you know, 75 yards. Now, I've shot a turkey at 62, and I it was embarrassed when I got back to my gun and realized it was that far away. Mm -hmm. um, but I am more, let's get it in close. Yep. I don't need to shoot a yep. three-and-a-half-inch shell if I'm shooting from here to the bike. Yep. So, so what is it, a Winchester? Winchester Super X3. Those are bougie, aren't they? Yeah. As the what's cool the price kids? point? Give us yeah, a what's the price uh, point? Eight, nine hundred bucks. Okay. okay. I think so, that's a... So the three other people that I asked on a whim, without a doubt, they're one and done. So you would you would take your Winchester pheasant hunting goose. If, if you were to buy one shotgun to do three or four different things, yep. that'd be it. Yep. And so, I'll do you one better. Um through the process of trying different chokes and things like that, I use the same choke for turkey hunting that I use for goose hunting. Okay. Oh. Now, I've got a Carlson choke tube that I've tried, but yep. the Wad Wizard choke tube that I've got that I use for goose hunting is the same one I use for turkey hunting. The Wad Wizard. The Wad Wizard. That's you a, know what? That's a, that's a, <laughs> you know what? Either a terrible or a great marketing name. I'll, <laughs> if that... Maybe my next job, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna go into naming chokes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you can, you can dream anything. The turkey tickler. The there turkey tickler. Yeah, there we go. Um. So. Okay. So. So. They, oh my have, god. Have yeah. You ever, uh, <laughs> yes, we all know the story you're talking about. Yes, absolutely. Oh. Um. Okay. So. The uh, the wingmaster they don't make anymore. Right. All the guys that I talked to said the eight seventy wingmaster. They have the eight seventy express. Um, sounds like Remington went through kind of a the the issue with the I don't know with the lawsuit or whatever, and then they right. kind of went belly up or whatever. Yeah, Remington, there's yeah. rumors. There's rumors out there that the eight seventy wingmaster might come back. Um, what I mean, have you shot it? Do you have you ever had one? So I shot had. One? A, I actually had a Winchester. Um, uh, 1300 pump. Yep, that's the one I have. They, that yep. they called a turkey gun. Yeah. It had a 24 inch barrel. Yeah. And it, I only shot it at turkeys after the first time I tried it at a piece of paper because <laughs> I grabbed my shoulder, put it back in the socket, yep. and then. That's said, Aaron, gonna... Aaron, that's that black synthetic one that I yeah, have. That, it, comes, it comes with two barrels. I got I got the upland barrel and the turkey barrel. Yeah. Is that Uncle George's? No, 
No. Oh. Yeah, four inch it barrel. almost looks like a tactical thing. Yeah. It's very small. You shoot that with a three inch turkey. It's so light. <laughs> right. It's so light. Yeah, it's a five pound gun, and all of a sudden you're, you know, trying to shoot that three inch turkey load. It's, so I've, I don't shoot three and a half. So obviously, you know, obviously the go to is a 12, 12 yeah. gauge, but my son last year shot his with a 20 gauge. And you got. You guys did it right. I've seen the video. You got that bird in close, mm -hmm. right next to your decoy, and that's that was perfect. Yeah. There's nothing saying you can't do it with a 20 gauge. You know, it's just getting harder, especially for him because mm -hmm. he wants to. You don't want to scare him off by having his shoulder come out of socket shooting yeah. a 12 gauge. Right. He's not a big kid. Yeah. But I mean, he if if you had a 16, that'd be awesome. I've always wanted a 16 and got one. Ran. We have one. Yeah, one. I have a. You got a my, couple. What, you got a couple. Dad had. Dad bought one. What is it? It's a Sears or something. I don't know. It's a you bolt got, you action. You that one, but you also have with grandpas. The bolt action sixteen. You got grandpas oh, with I the adjustable. You got the adjustable. Yeah. The adjustable choke on the end. Of yes, it. I do. One. That's a um, sweet one. So what about the? So another a buddy. We'll call him Luke because we hope to have him on someday. <laughs> uh, yes. The Benelli Nova pump. So we, now we're, so in, there's a lot of different pumps and semi-automatics in this net. Yep. Do you have a preference, let's start there, between pump and semi-automatic? Uh, semi-automatic. Why? The, the, just because it's going to take up some of the recoil. Okay. It's a gun I am really comfortable with. Yep. When I put that gun up, it's here. Yep. And my sight line is right, and I just I know where that gun's going to be. A lot of guys swear by pumps. They swear yeah. by them. Yeah. And, and Luke, there's Luke. nothing, it's like a bolt action rifle. There's nothing more reliable than a pump action shotgun. You can take that thing and, and crawl in the mud and the snow and everything yeah. like that, and the turkey sticks its head up, yeah. the gun's going to go off. But you're semi automatic, you said. Yeah. Yeah. Because it. Semis are easier on the shoulder? It's just a gun I'm used to for okay. the most part. I mean, you can yeah. buy a turkey gun that's got. You know the thumb hole stock, and it, you know yep. and you're, you know, it's set up yep. for sniping. Yep. You know, but that's a one-trick bone. Okay. You're not, take, you're not taking that goose hunting. So now, so now let's transition into that. So you you just said it, the thumb stock, the pistol grip, the one-show pony. Where so now let's talk about do you, are you versed enough in the, <laughs> if you're gonna be just a turkey hunter, then you're gonna you're gonna have your shotgun for. Pheasants, you're gonna have your shotgun for uh, goose, and you're gonna have your shotgun for turkey. Do you do you do you hunt with any guys? Do you have one? Um, I I know no one that's set up just for turkey because the Winchester SXP Longbeard. That's what <laughs> our buddy Brad <laughs> Longbeard with really? a thumb with a pistol grip. Pistol grip and probably a red dot scope. And that's I don't what, know about the scope. He that, didn't tell me about that's that. That's what he uses. That's what Brad. Oh uses. yes, our yes. buddy Brad. Yep. You might know Brad Summer. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, Brad. Yep. So now again, we're you bring budget into this too. Yeah. I mean, some of these, some of these stuff. I mean, the Benelli Super Black Eagle that could take a three and a half, but that's a fifteen hundred dollar gun. So yeah, you can get, that's yeah, you can still brownies, kill a bird with a three hundred dollar gun too. Right. So I, I believe, I believe, no matter what you're hunting, whether it's deer turkey goose i believe they don't know what they've been shot by no i don't think so they don't yeah. know the difference between a 1500 dollars shotgun and a 300 right i know again you know if i'm going to buy the sbd it's going to be because <clears throat> i'm going to use it for more than just one thing yeah even if i hunted turkeys three of the six weeks you know i'm still only pulling the trigger three times yeah yeah you know yeah that's so I'm again an upland guy yeah. over and unders. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of guys, and, and it, it's, it would be it would be kind of weird. The first goose I ever shot was with an over and under, but that's because what I had. Right. It was a Stoger, and it my actually I still have it. It is my it's it's the gun my parents bought me when I graduated from college. After I should have received my doctorate, but it was my undergrad after <laughs> five and a half years. But it was it was the gun that they bought me a, a Stoger. It weighs a ton. But I've shot more, you know, I've shot ducks, geese, everything with that. So when over and under, and you throw that into the mix. Okay, let's throw an over and under in there. The thing you want to do, is especially if you start looking at a lot of over and unders, what are they, they're shiny. 
Yeah, <laughs> they're, so they're really pretty. Is your, is your, they're really is aesthetically pleasing. They're Holy, beautiful. My, they're beautiful. Mine, mine <laughs> is the Benelli 828U. Benelli's never made an over and under until maybe five, six years ago. The 828U, but it's a twenty five hundred dollar gun. Like oh but, my god! It's but a, but a turkey is going to be like, hey, that guy's got a really fancy, beautiful, shiny over under. I'm not going I'm over going there. I'm going that way. Right? right? Yeah, they, it is amazing. So going back to the story of the the first bird I ever shot. I'm set up on this, it, the, the landowner had a 50 yard uh, range for the Boy Scouts to come down and shoot 22s at. And I'm set up at the back end of the range, waiting for these three toms to come down the hill. And this one sneaked in from the sneak, snuck. Snuck? Snicker. Came in from unthawed? Thawed? In, it unthawed itself from the side. <laughs> and I moved the gun six inches like this and I swear to you that bird turned and yep. looked at me. Yep. And it is amazing what they'll pick up. Yeah. If turkey, and I read this in Outdoor Life one time, if turkeys could smell, you'd never shoot one. <laughs> because yeah. they're, if their nose was anywhere near what their eyes were, I mean, because their eyes are I'm unbelievable. S- I'll be sitting, you know, 20 feet up in a deer stand and they'll come walking through and I'll just do the most subtle shift of a, my boot or whatever and they're gone or or they stop stare at you and then they just take off so they, they have better eyes than a goose oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah now the caveat to that is a lot of people i know have gone to hunting them out of a blind yes because you can set that blind up in the middle of the field and their brain is about the size of their eye right? <laughs> i mean so yeah they don't think anything about that blind being out there and they're not doing this like a deer will where they're looking in the blind because they're you know i had a hen walk by our blind media you away never knew i was there because we were making a sound and we just watched her walk underneath us can they hear well do you know that yeah 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 so if you're sitting in it if you're set up and you hear a tom and you call to him and he responds he's already got your pick he uh-huh. knows where you are um, so then they're kind of tuned into that yeah. area. So once you get set up, you don't want to do a whole lot of moving around. That's why I switched to a mouth call. Mm-hmm. I'll call, you know, with the slate, but now your hand's moving. If something does fly down and you can hear it fly down, that mouth call. Well, especially if you're hunting by yourself. Right. Uh, the mouth call, I would also think would be beneficial. Yep. Yeah. Because now you're not moving. Now you're yep. set up. You can, you've got that gun rested on your knee and... You're calling at the same time, and if he hangs up or something like that, you can do that cut or that purr just to get him to come that next five steps. So, um, so for our listeners and those who are watching who want to get a gun, basically the best advice for you, from you to them would be pick your budget, and you will find a gun that's perfect no matter no matter what. I I know people that. Well, like I said, I shot my first one at that thirteen hundred that I can also use as a canoe paddle in a fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, same guy. I know guys that swear by that that Nova. You know, yep. again, uh, well, the, nice the, synthetic gun, so you can. The eight seventy Wingmaster has to be one of the. I mean, the most produced. Popular, the, yeah, and okay. unfortunately, like I said, they okay. they're done. They're done producing it, but. So and and um, if you're a, if if you're a Benelli kind of guy or what's that other one, Franke? Franke is Yep, there you know, and or if you're a Winchester, um, you know, type of person, you're fine. Just pick yeah. a gun that you enjoy and one that fits you. Fits you. Fits yep. It. Fit is the biggest thing because I've gone out to Shields, grabbed that that super black eagle, and gone to take it up to my shoulder and it catches here. Yeah. And when I bring that Winchester up, <clears throat> it snapped right into my shoulder, and that was actually several years ago now, and I've just never gone back. What kind of what um what type of choke do you like to use? Like as far as like a, what are they called? Full, so modified. Mine is like I said the same one that I used for goose hunting. So it's, I think for steel it's considered a modified, and for lead it's considered a full. Okay. Um, but you know the the wad wizard actually has little pieces of metal in there that actually strip away the wad, which is where the name came from. And it supposedly shortens up the sh- the shot string and it kind of tightens up the pattern. Okay. 
So, so, may, so maybe for, for listeners out there that maybe don't know what a wad is coming out of a shotgun shell, there's always a, a plastic encasing around the BBs the as it cup, goes out. The cup that holds the BBs, yep. And as it goes out, it, it'll hold them together for longer, and in some situations you maybe want them pulled apart quicker. Right. So. Yeah. So Wad Wizard actually makes one that is for close range, too, mm-hmm. where it, the BBs are going to open up quicker. So yep. if you're decoying ducks or whatever. Can, for turkeys, you're going to want something that holds a tight pattern because you are aiming at the waddle-ish area, yeah. you know, where the, the neck and the chest come together and trying to place more BBs in the head. You don't want to... I've never been the one that's... Per, of just aiming at the head because because your pattern is this big at 15 20 yards yeah. it's going to go right over the top depending on you know how much you're shaking at the time or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know? um and i've missed them from you know here to the camera away because they were actually too close and i was shooting left-handed and that's a i got two things <laughs> the first is I didn't name this episode just yet, but I think we're going to call it the Wizard Wad. Wad Wizard. Oh, Wad, Wad, Wizard. Wizard. Wad Wizard. Wad Wizard. And two, you know what's crazy? So my son shot his, and we came up to it, and everybody's like, oh, you know, if it's still alive, you know, you just grab it, bring its neck. Oh. I didn't realize how flipping big turkeys are. They are huge. I'm like, I'm not touching that thing, so we shot its head off. Because <laughs> so, it was like, story. damn. Uh, out turkey hunting shoot the bird, run over, and I go to pick it up, and it flaps its wings and catches my thumb just wrong. And I ended up having to get a cortisone shot in my thumb Jesus. later that summer wow. because it damaged the, the ligaments and everything in there. It was all swollen up. I couldn't Jeez. move my thumb. He just one flap of the wing. And so, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not knocking you for shooting. <laughs> so that was one thing, Aaron. What was the other? Because I got two things. Well, no, that was the second one because I, I named oh. it. Oh, oh yeah, the wizard wad. Wad wizard. Wad wizard. Actually, from Wisconsin. Um, what? Do you, so okay, I got a third thing, and because I'm running the show, I'll I can I can go. Um, <laughs> He's the older brother. Um, That's what happens. Do you? Is there a uh, brand of shells that you? He took my first thing. Dang yes, that you prefer Remington Winchester. I will never shoot Remington. Ooh, why? Tell. Please do tell. tell. Our listeners want to know. I've had problems uh, goose hunting down on the Mississippi with uh, Remington shells actually jamming in a pump-action shotgun. I'll never shoot a Remington shell the rest of my life. Okay. Ever. Um, I've had really good luck with Winchester. Um, I know a lot of people shoot tungsten. A lot of people shoot heavy shot. Again, if the bird gets hit and rolls over, it doesn't care. I prefer fives because I think it's a nice combination of you're getting more BBs than a four, but you're getting more punch than a six. Okay. I think that's, well, I I don't, and there's wisdom going all over the place. That's a personal preference thing. And hey, what pattern is great in your gun? If you're going to turkey hunt and you're going to put this combination together and you're going to grab this choke and this choke and this shotgun shell and this guy. Take some time, buy an extra box of shells, try the fives, try the fours, um, you know, try the Winchester, try the heavy shot, whatever you want to do. But don't just go into it saying, hey, this should work without shooting. We need, will you come on again? Because I would love for you to expand on the whole, uh, just, just shells in general from like three inch, three and a half, fours, fives. But that's, that's a topic for another Absolutely. Another episode that'd yeah. be that'd be really cool. Okay, what about federal? Yeah, federal's. Fed, I a uh, friend of mine, Mark, that you guys uh, goose hunted with, shoots nothing but federal. federal? Okay. Uh, when we went and we did a duck hunt down at Stoddard this year, I bought federal down there and it performed awesome. Cool. All right, Adam, what was your second thing? Well, now I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's that. I, love that. I mean, I mean, was it also napping under the tree? Uh, well, um, yeah. Are you a blind guy? I'm not a blind guy. I'm a I'm a <laughs> blind guy. I'm a running guy. A running guy. So you stalk and hunt. Stalk I, hunt if, is if if I hear that bird gobble and I hear him fly down and I hear him walk the other way, I'm going to find a different bird. And a certain teacher at North taught me that too. <laughs> yeah. He got less patience than I do, and he looked at me and went, 
ain't no birds here, let's go and take <laughs> off on a dead run. Um, you know, when the sun's coming up at 5.30 in the morning and you haven't heard a bird since 6 and it's 8, always find an east-facing hill with an oak like this. Okay. Take a nap for a couple hours and try again. He's, okay. wait, I'm going to jot this now. East-facing hill with an east oak. Hill, oak. Could, it, could it be a maple or no? Because I could make some maple syrup. By when, the way. When, when, oaks are nice. Okay. The common theme coming out of your mouth is nap. <laughs> nap. Nap. I've heard you say it like four different times. Well, because <laughs> it used to be that once 7 o'clock came and I hadn't heard a bird, I got in the truck and went home. So nap keeps me at least there in case I hear something later on. Yeah. And I know a lot of times what they'll say is that the hens go off to lay eggs and nest and the toms go out looking for another hen. Yeah. So there is a gap in there where all of a sudden the woods go dead quiet. Doesn't mean they're gone. Yeah. Might mean they're gone. But it might mean they're with hens and they're coming back later. They know where you are. Like I said, when you call, they know where you're at. Yeah. They're, and they'll remember it. Yep. So I do remember my thing. And okay. I'll bring it back. This will be a good wrap up here. No, we're what? I'm not done yet. Oh, <clears throat> we got some more. I got We've some more things there. So we just one, got started. One thing I'll I want to bring back, and I appreciate you said something much earlier than now um, about how you, you're much more interested in shooting that bird, bringing the bird really close yep. instead of seeing how far. To me, that's that. Aaron and I have talked about this a lot. It's a, that conservation mindset. It's not just about going out and killing something. Yeah, it's not just about going out. Not even necessarily in hunting something, but it's about getting into their environment, into their everything about them that is that animal, and and I, I don't want to say tricking them, but trying to be as close as you can. I know this is again, it's that conservation mindset is trying to get as close as you can to that mindset of what that animal is, and I appreciate that, and I that's why it triggered. It triggered me when you said that. Of trying to, it's not just about can I shoot a turkey at sixty-five yards. Right. It's about can I bring it into fifteen and shoot it. So, I take the same thought process with turkeys as I do with geese as I do with ducks. You know, people say, "Oh, you can't shoot a duck that landed in the decoys." Yeah, I can because I won. <laughs> yeah. I, I did what yeah. I wanted to do, which is get that bird in as close as I could to make an efficient kill. Yep. And if that bird, and now, to be fair, I'll probably st take a step and let it flush and then take yep. it again, you know, then, but yeah. that's victory. Yeah. That's, that's. You've, you've outsmarted. Right. It, yeah. I outsmarted the thing that's got a, a brain that big. Yeah. But still. <laughs> Well, yeah. They got eyes and, and they're alive for a reason, you know. I mean, you don't shoot a, a three-and-a-half-year-old Tom because he's dumb. Right. You know, you did you did everything right. And to get that bird 15, 20, even 25 yards, you've accomplished something. Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know what the current success rate on turkey hunting in Wisconsin is, but it used to run 20 to 25% on a good year. Good year, yeah. You know, um, so you're accomplishing something that a majority of the people aren't that year yeah. in particular. But um, my thing is try to get them in close. And, and you brought up a really good point. You're going out in that environment. There's, there's not a lot that beats fall goose hunting because you're getting the colors and you're getting the sounds and you're getting the migrating and, and everything that's going on and the harvesting of the crops and stuff. But spring... When the buds are coming in and things are just going from this drab, ugly yep. gray and brown to green, and there's, you know, you're starting to hear grouse and partridge drumming, uh, pheasants. <laughs> uh, you'll you'll be out in the woods, and where we hunt, you'll see deer and and yep. everything else that's going on. Everything's coming there. to life. If you don't soak that up, then you're in the yeah. wrong, you're in the yep. wrong field anyway. Yep. Is it <clears throat> is it true that uh, turkeys harvested in the spring taste better than turkeys harvested in the fall because of diet and what's on the fields. I've never heard that. Okay. 
I just made that shit up, so I was just curious. Um, <laughs> but I did. I would, no, I, 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 I would be. I heard, though. I did hear. Bugs in the spring, and they're eating corn and. But either way, though, with the, the way that grain farming is going, there's more and more. The grain's up all year. Yeah. They yeah. can eat grain all year now. Right. So yeah. I, it's. What's it? What? Okay. Um, what's your favorite way to eat turkey? I. Crockpot. I breast everything out. D- are and you? I'll cut it up into chunks and I'll I'll throw it in a frying pan and I'll then throw some uh, some cream of mushroom on it. You and your cream of mushroom. Mm-hmm. You were you, we never even tried that. We didn't try it. We didn't try it with, with the, yeah. No, because you still have a breast in your freezer, right? Yep. That, that's, that's what we're gonna do. Onion. Cream of onion. Cream yeah. of onion. You, you're a cream cream of something guy. Yeah. Man. So, I mean, turkey, because, okay, it's not your butterball, so it's not going to be as moist. We've done it where we smoked them, but the best thing, if you're going to do that, is to inject them with something so they stay moist, Um, especially because, like I said, I breast them out so there's no skin on them, so they're losing the fat, what little fat they have. Um, I will say that everything I've heard and tried about wild turkeys is that the legs are but like this. Yeah, that's right. I heard it's just basically the breasts. Yeah. You're, you're, you're just trying everything else. Now, um, Meat Eater has a couple of great recipes, and one, he takes it and he mixes it with apples and makes breakfast sausage. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard that. The, the one thing with any wild game, too, though, is there's a lot of really good uh, references in regards to internal temp. Don't overcook it. So many people with wild game get so up, you know, they get so worried about diseases and things like that. Trust the internal temps that we have enough resources now. But, you know, like the poppers that Aaron made, which is just turkey breast sliced into one-inch strips, and then wrap them around something with banana peppers. And honestly, you just need to do that, and it's it's unbelievable. It was funny. Adam said, this is what you do to explain the banana peppers and stuff. So I, ch- I cubed it all up, and I was putting it on the skewers, wrapping them in bacon with a full banana pepper. And I was like, what are you doing? No, you cut the banana peppers up. Banana peppers it, are intense. Like, and there's, so there's, like a lot, every, there's a lot of flavor. <laughs> so every cube of uh, Aiden's, Aiden's turkey had a whole banana pepper. With you just it. need a slice with that and a thing. <laughs> I mean, it's good. But you, you pay good. attention to the internal temp because right. you don't need to overcook them. I mean, a lot of people do want to overcook stuff even goose and all that kind of stuff um which brings me to you're a fellow you're you're in the brotherhood of master built yes. master built gravity series he is mike owns a uh, gravity series yep there's your right green there. egg there's my green and egg both of ours together didn't even cost the price of that right? green egg did I, uh, total I bacon wrapped duck on the master built uh, about two weeks ago and talk about internal temperature they were about that color Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, what I what I did was I put a slice of pepper jack, uh, filleted them open, stuffed some pepper jack cheese in there, wrapped it in bacon, and stuck it on the master built. And it was as soon as the bacon starts to just get done, yeah. Don't let that duck go any further because oh. you don't want. That's another one where you don't want it overcooked or it ends up like the table. Oh my god, we're getting into a whole another episode now. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. We, we gotta got stop. Food and oh yeah um okay so here in wisconsin uh turkey season is right around the corner it begins in uh april i think it's like the 20th isn't it or or earlier well so really early yeah so it starts yeah he could go but the the season begins like the second or third week second week of april goes all the way through labor day week or memorial weekend what did you draw when are you going? I think on week four. So week four. Okay. You know, early first, second week. Because <clears throat> we forgot to put in, so oh. we, so we just bought ours over the counter. They said you just buy them this yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah, but we're four, five, or six. Yeah, I think we're we're the weekend before Memorial uh, Memorial Weekend, so we're pretty late. But yep. where we hunt, they're not hunted, so you know, pressure wise, it's not. And the advantage of going late is. Um, they're probably off the hens. You know, you've got a better chance of running. Now, there'll be people that tell you that the toms are done, but I've seen toms 
Stratton and and Colin into August. So yeah. I'm yeah. Not yeah. Buying into yeah. Okay. He's not wound up anymore. Man. So I, I there's an adva- I think there's an advantage now. The disadvantage is you're waking up at two. Yeah. You know, and do you, do you hunt public land mostly or private? Private. Private. Yeah. I'm kind of have your go to place yeah. or, okay. Yeah. Not, you know. I'm on, I'm on my second go to place. It, it's not like goose hunting where you can knock on the door and be like, hey, can we goose hunt here? And the farmer's like, yeah. We've had hunting. that. Yeah. We've had that where, uh, you know, that certain teacher at North will will be driving along and we'll see turkeys and he'll be like, pull in there, knock on the door, and the yeah. next, you know, 20 minutes later, we're belly crawling over a hill we've done yep. that yeah because yeah. it's not a deer no no yeah it's not it's not held in regard as right. a deer <clears throat> but we're we're old enough you're old enough to remember when like seeing a turkey in wisconsin was like a like holy crap i saw a turkey it, it, to me it runs about the same time frame as bald eagles right yeah when it used to be when we were kids you saw a bald eagle you were freaking out you were like oh my god make a wish yeah and now uh, you know shit they're dying everybody's hitting them yeah you know yeah but turkeys were like that until oh yeah when so wisconsin traded partridge and rough grouse to missouri for uh for turkeys yep and it was all down there the first counties were down by Dodgeville and stuff like that and, yep and just centered around and they said that they would never breed north of highway 10 and then they bumped it up to you know 29 and then they bumped it up to, to eight, eight and now they're in all 72 counties Jeez. yeah do you have it do you have any dreams the last question then we better wrap it up holy cow dude this is awesome do you do you have any dreams of what what's that one called where you get Every species of turkey in North... Yeah. I used to when I was younger. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, If I was going to shoot any other, you know, uh, type of turkey, it would be a Miriam's. South Dakota, Nebraska, kind of that thing. A friend of mine uh, has hunted out in the Black Hills. Yeah. And says it's amazing. And those birds are gorgeous, so... Where where we go... um, Where we go out Wyoming, out in Wyoming for mule deer hunting just it's unbelievable the miriams really? that are all over uh, <clears throat> and there you can when we go out in november we can buy over the counter ones and just shoot them really because there's just so many so that's cool I have, oh my god contact out in wyoming where i could probably stay we're gonna we're gonna go out and do some uh, prairie dog hunting this prairie summer. dog hunting yep it's gonna be fun kids I are gonna bring their 22s i'm in the market for a 22 250 if anybody's got you one. should get a 10 22 is it a ten twenty two like the no, ones that they the use? 10, 20, that, 10, that's a that's a just twenty two. That's a twenty. That's a. That's a I, I have one. With that's a, just a twenty two. With a man liquor sock. Remember? The, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. The man liquor socks. Those are sweet. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it looks like it needs a bayonet. Right. But yeah. So there you go. I had, I had a twenty two two fifty. What do I know? Is it? Yeah. Uh, so I got a seventeen. That's, I'm going to bring that, but outside of one hundred and fifty yards, there's any wind. It's not going to be. And it's no. just as a little heads up, it's always going to be out there. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You cool. know that, but. It's fun shooting a prairie dog with a 270. Yeah. They go pretty high in the air. Well. Because <laughs> yeah. they, they hate them out there because, right. you know, the, uh, cattle, the cattle will step and break their legs. And, it, and um, when, we were out, when we were out there, just really quick, when we were out there, they hired a, a, a man to come and he basically his whole job and this took him a year to do because there's so many out there is they would he would throw poison in it and stuff it with newspaper and rid them get rid of them but they, so are they're we like gonna see be, any? what's that are we gonna see oh any? no they're back okay i mean yeah, they're driving, hope so. they're unbelievable yeah yep that's where we're going we're going out to where, where in wyoming we are going out um, just uh, just north of Devil's Tower, oh. so you come into Sundance and then head north. Okay. So, but all right, okay. well, cool. holy, holy crap, we should wrap it up. It's been what an hour and ten minutes. Hour, hour and 15? ten minutes, and my my wife is That's like, really I need help with the kids. Put them to bed. So, really well, hey, we get together and this happens every time. Thanks yeah. for thanks for coming on. No, Would yeah. you come on again? Tomorrow, if you needed. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. We we can do. Yeah, we can do a goose hunt. We can we, do a goose yeah, hunt we episode. Do, in the fall, we got to oh, do another. We'll, we we have to do, do another. We'll do better. It was it was it was fun, but it, again, I, even I watched the episode and I'm like, oh, there's so much more. Oh, yeah. That there's. Because we'll be I've honest. been, I've been with you. When I think we were like, just scratching the surface yes, that day, and I think you were sitting. I could, I could feel like you were sitting there saying, "We're just, oh, we're just, we're Bruce. almost there. We're so close." Yeah. The, the thing is, the birds that did come in came in nice. They, oh yeah, they yeah, that's awesome. Like but we could do like some on setting up decoys, setting like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because yeah. we didn't cover much of that. No, we we've got there's that was a it was a fun day. It wasn't an awesome. We yeah. need to get a day when the yeah. wind's blowing and the cloudy and we're not staring right at God's flashlight. Yeah. 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 Well, well, thanks, everybody, for yeah. tuning in, watching, listening, wherever you're listening from. Again, uh, you can find us on our socials, Instagram, Facebook. You can subscribe. <laughs> subscribe on Apple iTunes or Spotify. You like the table? You like this Love table? table? This, this table game. So Have you ever heard of Black Dog Flooring and Lumber? No. Shout out to him. He uh, he gave us this piece of lumber for our podcast. It's awesome. And beautiful, beautiful. Coming up this yeah. spring, we're going to be doing an episode on some um, magnets. Magnet fishing. Magnet is fishing. a huge thing. I've, we're just kind of hearing about it. Um, SRE Gear. Give them a shout out and give them a check. S- I was watching uh, episode and you said something about SRE. And- oh, my God. Oh, Search. Go, to, go to their website, SREgear.com. Search and Recovery Engineering. And they're right out of a... They're out of Warren's, and they opened a place in Black River Falls. It's a it's, it's a, a family owned awesome it's an, out, an outdoor person's toy shop. I mean, it's yeah. absolutely incredible. But yeah, we hope to do an episode on that too. Uh, make sure to check out the River Rich episode that we did on our maple syrup um, extravaganza last week. Boom. And um, and a big thank you to you, Mike. Cheers. Yeah. Oh, kid. Awesome. Thanks, man. Cheers on the white claw. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. cheers <laughs> on the white claw. All right. Okay. Good talk. See you out there. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs)